Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, my trusty co-host, Ben Ayton. Ben, how are you doing this Saturday afternoon? Yeah, with no football. Yeah, right. I was just going to mention that no football. So um, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? I don't like this international break. Yeah, yeah. If there's um, England matches, or if you're from like Scotland, Scotland matches. But yeah, I don't like this at all. Uh, I'd rather watch Watford play. Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone there. The the only good thing is non-league clubs must be raking it in at the moment, which is brilliant because obviously fans can't go and watch their normal club. And uh, it, it's come out in the, the press recently that non-league clubs are actually seeing a, a sort of an increase in gate intake, which is brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, news. definitely. I think um, we've touched upon this before. We, we have a close eye at Berkhamsted. Um, they had a local we derby did. against Ellsbury United Tuesday night, which they came back to win 3-2 in the last minute. Um, and they tend to average about 140 um, for the gate and they got about 250 mm-hmm. through. And I think this is all because... Fans like you and me, we can't go and watch our team. So they're, got, they're dropping down to the non-league now and able to watch the actual game of football. And the, stand, the standard's not great, is it? But it's, it's, full, it's full-blooded and it's very entertaining. So, I've, and you've seen the um, Premier League come out saying they're charging £14 of whatever it is for people to watch yep. their own clubs. Sod's paying that. Go, go support your yep. non-league club. They need the support more than ever right now. I'm glad you mentioned that, Ben, because I, I was going to touch on it, but not in too much depth because we're unfortunately a championship team now, so it doesn't affect us. But um, all of the Premier League teams, apart from Leicester, voted for like, for this. So it's £14.95 now to watch your team. And there's people moaning. If they want to watch football and they don't want to pay the 14 95 go to your local non-league team and I bet you that 15 quid will get you in and it'd probably get you a pie or whatever yeah. from the, a burger or whatever, and it, probably a pint. 
and you might, depending on the team, even have some change left over, they'd appreciate it more than the the, the, the big wigs at, at Sky 100%. or BT or whoever it's going to. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Ben. But before we get too, up to, too off topic, this is obviously a Watford podcast about the championship, uh, unfortunately. Uh, it's a transfer window special, Ben. Like, transfer window, is it's always uh, an event, really. You know, you, you stick on Sky Sports and you, you watch the deadline coming. But they've sort of changed it around, obviously, because of what's been going on. We've had the international transfer window but now coming up uh, which closes on is it the Friday or the Monday then yeah. I think there was a bit of confusion it's, it's for Friday it actually closes the day we play Derby County yeah. yeah so we've had the international one so we can't sign anyone from international clubs we can't sign any Udinese players unless they're a free transfer um, and we've got the domestic one coming up so the Premier League can still sign players from the EFL but my understanding is they can't sign players from other Premier League teams, which I think is a little bit unfair. I don't like that at uh, all. Especially, no. It just means I, the bigger I, I, clubs I, I, are just going to come in and pitch, pinch all the players from like the top top of the championship. You could see players from probably Brentford leaving, um, Norwich leaving, yeah, ourselves, no. Bournemouth as well with Josh King as well. So I don't like this at all. Yeah. It's only going to benefit the teams in the Premier League. Yeah, and SAR as well, yeah. uh, which you know we we won't touch on because it's an obvious one that Liverpool and Man United have been sniffing around and have had been rejected as well. Uh, but let's let's get straight into it, Ben. You know we we've we've had quite a few outgoings, but as of yet, other than Trooster Kong, he was the last signing that we made. So it's going to be more talking about players that have left. Um, now, the first one uh, which we're going to touch upon is Danny Welbeck has had his contract terminated. Not a massive surprise, to be honest, Ben. Um, it was a gamble that, you know, it didn't really pay off. But what's your view on Danny Welbeck leaving uh, and Danny Welbeck's time at Watford Football Club? It's such a shame to see that we've parted ways, but you can totally understand why the club and Danny Welbeck wanted to um, part ways Um it gets him off the wage bill. Um, it also allows him to negotiate a new deal with clubs. Uh, I've seen that there's been interest abroad, but he, he ideally wants to stay in England, which is it's totally up to him. It's just a shame we didn't really get to see the best of him until the last few games of the season, wasn't it? It was. It, yeah. He joined up late um, at the start of the season. I think his fitness um, didn't really help him. Um, he managed to get into the team, had a run of games, picked up that niggling, niggling little injury at Spurs away after a couple of minutes. Then he was out of the picture for a good few months until probably lockdown. That's when he came back into the side. And I think he, um, the, the, the first time we really noticed him in a Watford shirt and actually performed with, he had a cameo appearance at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea. He came on, um, I think he probably replaced Troy and he, he was very mobile up front and he caused problems at Chelsea defence. And after that, he he, he obviously um, produced that spectacular goal, the overhead kick against Norwich, which was which Watford fans will remember um, for a very long time. It's a yeah. shame fans went in the ground to actually see that goal because... What a goal that was. Uh, we, we saw something similar by Emery Chan, didn't we, um, for Liverpool? Um, <laughs> yeah, against it. us. But it, w- <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, so it would have yeah. been nice to actually see a Watford player score something like that in front of a rookery. Um, but yeah, totally yeah. understand it. I was wishing all the best, but it was a gamble. Um, but I think it was a gamble worth taking, wasn't it? Um, 
uh, he was on one of his pay-to-play contracts. So I think he was getting a certain percentage of his wage when he wasn't playing. But when he was playing, he, he was getting yeah. his 100% of the wage. So definitely worth the gamble. It's just a shame. I think he probably had one eye on the England squad when he joined up with Watford. He thought, oh, if I play week in, week out, I can sneak my way back in. But it just wasn't meant to be this time round. Yep. And another player who's following Danny Welbeck out the door is sort of expected, Ben, but instead of Fayou's going to Udinese on a season-long loan. Now, do you think that there's probably more to it? Like, Udinese for a reason, his statement, sort of a few words put in there that a little bit cryptic could point in the direction of him coming back, Ben. Do you, what, what, what are your thoughts on De Feu off to Udinese? Yeah, I think he's he's put out a statement, hasn't he? And he's used the words very carefully uh, and very um, wisely as well. I think you got to remember he's still got um, years on his contract, um, so he doesn't really want to ups- leave Watford on bad terms. And he's got to kind of look like he's still a Watford player. Um, so he's came out and said, "Hi, Watford fans! I just wanted to thank you for the support you have given me in my time at the club so far." I wish you all the best for the season and I'm sure the squad will give everything to return to the Premier League straight away. All the best for now, Gerard De La Feu. Um So yeah, that's kind of saying that he, he's open to a return to Watford, but he he's kind of has to say that, doesn't he? But yeah. I'm I'm kind of hoping that he does return because be, it's a sad thought to think that the last time we saw De La Feu in a Watford shirt was when he was being stretched off at Vicarage Road after and that coming together with Van Dyke and he did his ACL. So really, hope he um, can come back to Watford next season if, if we are to return to the Premier League but yeah you can understand why he's gone to Indonesia uh, there was other clubs um, linked with him but maybe they had one eye on him thinking he's still injured he's still weeks away from recovery um, is it a risk bringing him in um, so that's probably why he's ended up going to Indonesia Watford wanted to get him off the loan bill Indonesia needed to improve their squad so it's kind of a win-win situation for both parties yeah massively and obviously it's well covered that Watford and Indonesia also share the, the data between each other as well with players so it sort of makes sense in that case as well um, and I think he's going to absolutely rip it up in Serie A as well so I'll definitely be keeping an even closer eye than I usually do on Udinese because he's not the only one that's actually gone to Udinese from us. Um, just quickly touch upon the first gentleman, Ignazio Pacetto. Didn't really make an impact, well, I say make an impact, but he didn't really have the, a glowing Watford career. But he certainly made us remember him by coming on and his first action against Tottenham Hotspur, only going to save the goal, uh, save the goal he kept the ball from going over the line by millimetres. Surely worth a place in the Watford Hall of Fame there. Yeah, he goes down into the Watford Hall of Fame of memorable debuts, doesn't he? Um, he, he joins um, Juan Carlos Paredes um, for his, fund, <laughs> fold, his, his thunderbolt effort of the crossbow against Bolton. He was absolutely outstanding that game. And yeah. then it, it didn't really work out too well for him after that. But um, yeah... Um, Seto never really got a chance, really. I liked his work rate off the ball. I thought he was good doing that. But um, yeah, he's, he's ended up going back to Serie A with Indonesia. And I, I think he's probably more suited for Italian football than he is English football. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I think he was quite well liked over there. I, I, I read a few of the comments welcoming, welcoming him back. Um, and the, the fans seemed delighted that he was back. And another player that they're going to be delighted to have back, his return six years later, is uh, Roberto Pereira. Now, I don't want to dwell too much on his 
Tom as a Watford player because we could literally spend the whole podcast near enough talking about him and it, the thoughts of Watford fans on him. But um, pretty much on his day, Ben, one of the better players that we've signed um, under the in the Pozzo era. But he's played in the Champions League final. How would you sum up his time as a Watford player? Uh, hit and miss, really, is... He's one of these people that blows hot and cold. When he's blowing hot, he's, he's, he's on fire. He's one of the best players uh, in the Watford side, um, technically. But when, when he's off it, he, he's stone cold. Um, and he's, he's probably a bit of a passenger in that Watford side as well. But yeah, I, I was really excited when we signed um, Roberto Pereira. I thought it was it was a signing off intent from the Pozos. It was like, this is the kind of way we want to play in the Premiership. Click picking him up from Indonesia, which was brilliant as well. Um, but yeah, one thing that kind of stands out for me, and I don't think I could ever forgive him, forgive him is that one-on-one he had with Ed- Edison in the FA Cup uh, final. Um, I'll never, <laughs> that would never get rid, uh, leave my mind. It's like, if, if, if he managed to score there, we'd, we've gone on the rosters heavily as we did. Could we have like got a 1-0 win and just held out for it? But it's no. all ifs and buts, isn't it? But um, <laughs> Would have been just one then. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be 10-1, they would be fuming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. But yeah, um, hit and miss really for Prairie. It's very inconsistent. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a shame. Um, just quickly, favourite goal of Pereira's? Because, my word, he's pulled out some corkers in a yellow shirt for us, hasn't he? Yeah, if you look at his YouTube video of all his Watford goals, he, he looks absolutely out of sand and he looks yeah. like he performs like that every week, but unfortunately it wasn't. Um, yeah, loads to pick from, but if I had to pick one, it would be... Um, the one at Wolves away at Molyneux um, yes. outside of the right foot. So, yeah, we just went one and one with Kapu. Um, I think then Wolves took the restart. We won a ball back really quickly, went up the other end within 20 seconds of the restart and uh, Pereira outside of his foot just um, dinked it in. And it was absolutely amazing scenes. I just couldn't believe that we actually scored two goals away from home in the size of 60 seconds. Well, yeah. Back in the days when we used to score away from home. Uh, we haven't actually done so this season, but we've only played two away games, so I won't be too critical. Um, my one for pure selfish reasons, is the opening day against Brighton where he's absolutely levered it in from a corner. I think it was a Holobus corner as well, outswinger. Um, and Each of the goal. Yeah, brilliant goal. I was in a bar in Lanzarote watching it. I was there in my Watford top and opposite me was an old Brighton fan. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was delightful. So I'm picking that one. Uh, but yeah, I'd like I... you to be in a bar on holiday. <laughs> Man, well, you know me. I was having a coffee. Do you remember? Do you remember a time we was in a tapas bar in um, uh, oh. Barcelona? Uh, we was we was playing away to Middlesbrough, weren't we? Right. Um, we we was trying to find anywhere that was playing a Watford game. Um, we f- ma- managed to go down like a bat strip and found this tapas yeah. bar. And luckily, they they popped it on for us, and that was when Holabas scored that screamer for outside the box, and we went absolutely mental. So I think some of the locals were giving us the looks. It was like, yeah. what are these lot doing? Over? Yeah, yeah, I remember that because it was the worst beer I've ever drunk. So, but yeah, <laughs> we found somewhere. So it was he's alcoholic, so I'm not going to complain. Um, but yeah, I think Pereira's time at Watford's hit and miss, mixed bag really on a, on the reviews. But overall, happy he scored some important goals for us and some scorchers as well. So, um, and then we like sending multiple players out to the same team. Because we've done just that to CSKA Sofia. We've sent 
Alderberto Penaranda, and we've sent Jerome Sinclair. Now, Sinclair, I'm not so concerned about, but Penaranda, I was half expecting him to be in the squad this, well, in the plans this season, Ben, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you've touched on it in previous podcasts that you've thought the same too. Yeah, I really like um, the style of player that um, Penaranda is. I love a flair player. Um, reminds me like of Forestieri. Love that player that just is in that hole and he can create something out of nothing and it, it just brings loads of trickery. But yeah, he's, um, he's not featured in the league um, match day 18 um, squad. He's, he's, he's came off the bench against Newport. Um, so, yeah, this, he's not really stood out for me um, this season. Ivic probably wants him to go out and get game time as well. But, yeah, he came with a lot of um, reputation, didn't he? He was very highly rated. We, saw, yeah. we beat him, uh, beat him uh, a lot of big size to his signature. Um, it probably helped that uh, Granada was the other team involved, though. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a strange one um, to see him leave. I thought he would have had an opportunity, especially with the, um, we haven't got too much striking option at the club. Um, if if a few leave at the end of a window, like Troy and Andre Grazer possibly linked with moves away still. So would have liked to see him stick around um, and maybe fill a spot on the bench. But he's, he's out there getting game time, which is going to be vital for his career. Um, but Jerome Sinclair, I'm not too not too fussed about, really. I'm, I'm more concerned that he's still a Watford player. Um, he, he, we've terminated contracts before um, yep. with players and... Um, We've not done it with Jerome Sinclair. Like you send players out online for their development, for them to improve. Jerome Sinclair hasn't done it with any of his loan spells. If anything, he's gone backwards, and it just puzzles me how he's still a Watford player. Yeah, also sort of reminds me of a uh, <laughs> Alex Jakubiak 2.0 in the sense of we we just cannot let him go and send him out on loan as well. Yeah. Um, also, another one that comes to mind is that Michael Felivi. I think he yes. did he did a right at AFC Wimbledon, but he never set the world of the light. I mean, I think he's been released this season. It's just mm. it's important for these youngsters to go out and get experience and improve, isn't it? Like like we've got that young Ryan Cassidy who's um, on loan at um, Accrington Stanley and he's hit the ground running hasn't he so yeah, it's massively. really interesting to see how he gets on this season yeah looking forward and hopefully he can live up to the hype there's definitely more hype around him than there was Shakubiak and Felivi so fingers crossed talking about young players and hype we've seen him a couple of songs in the Carabao Cup he's Agakwia and he's signed a two new year deal um, a new two year deal I should say. Uh, and we've also sent him out to Serie C side, Como or Como. Now, I tried to do some research on him, but I'm not going to lie, couldn't find anything. I've just about found a website, but it was all in Italian. Shock. Um, but, you know, if he's going abroad to get game time, and more importantly, if he's getting regular game time, I suppose we can't really argue too much, Ben. Yeah, not at all. And he's going to a different country as well. So that's going to help yeah. um, help him as well. Um, it's it's difficult moving to a different country, so it's going to see, it's going to be good for him to see how he actually adapts adapts as well, and see how strong his mentality is. But yeah, he's featured in the league cup. He hasn't put a foot wrong. He's he's impressed. Um, so yeah, he he fully deserves that two year deal and a, a, a line spell to a Serie C um, club, which I think he will do very well at. 
I really hope so. I'll definitely be keeping an eye. Uh, good old Flash Score app. If you don't have it already, download it. Not that we're sponsored by them or anything, but um, yeah, you can keep track of the scores even in the most obscure leagues. So I'll be keeping a close eye on that one. Fingers crossed for him. Um, so that's all the players that have gone out. It's been a little bit more quiet on the players coming in front, Ben. Um, I just want to... Shall we get the ridiculous ones out of the way first? Because yeah, there, there, there's two <laughs> names that's come up. We touched on this first gentleman last week. Um, Mario Balotelli. Would you have him? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, I think he's, um, he's too disruptive. Um, if we want to get out of the Championship and end up getting to the Premier League this season, we cannot afford to have someone of Mario Baratelli's mentality at the club. I- I'd rather sign Luigi um, over Mario. Um, <laughs> I just <laughs> He's too disruptive. Uh, I just don't want him at the club. Um, yeah. I'd rather a young young hungry striker over him yeah yeah no you know no doubt the experience he'd bring would probably be invaluable but he's too much of a troublemaker no thank you very much uh last time we had a troublemaker i think it was uh gabriel tamas uh, he got into all sorts of trouble behind the scenes but uh one thing would be for sure if we did go up he'd know the best fireworks place in uh, in town for the promotion party eh? um, <laughs> oh yeah there are fireworks in the hotel room eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we'll stay clear, thanks. Another player who's been linked, and again, Ben, I can't believe I'm actually bringing myself... Some of the names, by the way, just quickly. Yaya Torre we've spoke about, Mario ba- Balotelli, and now Mario Manducic. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I'm terrible with pronunciations. But, yeah, he's spot on. Like, you know, th- this was brought to my attention by uh, one of our listeners, Hamish, I think his name is. Uh, goes by Hammy P on um, on Instagram, and he wants us to sort of our thoughts on it. My thoughts are not a chance at all, not in a month of Sundays. Like, where do they come up? Genuinely, <laughs> I just genuinely think that someone is sitting at a computer. They've got a club generator. In fact, it's one of these things that you see. It's a random player. And then it's just a random player generator. I'm guaranteed. Like, I'm, I'm just. It's a lucky dip, isn't it? It is. Like, how did I come up with this? Manducci, Manducci. I'll call him. I'll call him um, Mario as well. But um, I, I, I actually don't know what else to say. Ben, like, can you even think of anything to say about this? Do you think there's any truth behind it? I think there's no truth in it at all. I would say I'd rather sign him over the other Mario that we've just discussed. Um, He's someone that would probably, a lot of the younger players would learn a lot from. And he's probably capable of actually doing a job still. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. It's like you say, it's one of those generated transfer rumours. You pick a club out, Watford, and then you've managed to pick out a player (laughs) in Manducci. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, now that we've downplayed it, you watch him go and sign next week. Uh, oh, I'll be happy I'll take for that. It. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. But yeah, you just watch. Um, two other players who it's a little bit more solid. Uh, these ones are a bit more believable. First one is a Chelsea left back, Barber Rahman on loan. Middlesbrough are also interested in him. Now he's 26 and he's not quite reached his full potential since arriving at Stamford Bridge in a 14 million pound deal from Bundesliga side Augsburg. Um, yeah, a left a left back. More importantly, Ben, because it sounds like we're going to need one of them. Would you be happy with that? You've you've done a little bit more 
sort of you've got more on him than I have. So what what can you tell us that you found? Yeah, I'd be happy with him. Um, the only issue with him um, is he's had a lot of knee injuries um, during his um, career so far, which kind of prevented him from playing those 30 to 40 games a season. Um, so that's a bit of a concern. Um, he's 26 years old. He's a left back. Um, he plays for Ghana. He has 25 appearances for Ghana. Um, he's um, currently a Chelsea player. He's been sent out on loan three to four times. Uh, well, not three to four times. He has been sent out four times on loan. <laughs> yeah. um, he's gone to Schalke twice, uh, to Mallorca as well last season, um, where he linked up with Cucho Hernandez, who is a Watford player. Um, so, yeah, um, it's fun to watch, really. I think I've seen something on Twitter saying that he would prefer a move to a London club, which probably um, puts us in a driving uh, position. But, yeah, just one to watch, really. I think it's... He's very athletic. He gets up and down the, the touchline very well. Um, he's got good delivery on him as well. So, yeah, I think he could be a good fit. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And um, I think you've you've said as well, you've, you've managed to find somewhere online that he reports would suggest that he actually would prefer to join us because of the London-based link, which if that is the case, then happy days. No one know. wants to go up north, do they? No, no, no one. <laughs> Uh, not even the players that play up there. Um, but yeah, um, another player from another London club, Arsenal this time, is William Saliba. According to reports online, he's set to join the Championship club before the deadline in six days, as we record this on uh, October the 10th. So the deadline's on October the 16th. Um, Watford and Brentford are amongst the possible destinations. And the reason they're letting him go, because if you don't know already, ladies and gents, they actually signed him for £27 million from St Etienne. So he's got to be half decent to pay £27 million for him. And he's a centre-back. But apparently Arteta is assertive that he's not ready for Premier League football. Uh, and another thing which sort of shows the scale of how ludicrous this might be is no other than Martin Keown has said that he believes this is ludicrous to send him out on loan. Yeah, it's quite telling when you've got someone of uh, Martin Keown's experience and know-how of the, the, the Arsenal club and his experience of the Premier League to say that he's a bit puzzled as to why they've spent £27 million on pounds on a youngster and they want to ship him out on loan for a second season running. Um, they signed him from St Etienne, didn't they? And then loaned him back after um, straight away to get uh, gain experience. And we, look, it's, it's, no, it's no hidden secret that Arsenal's defence is absolutely woeful. So I imagine if he spent £27 million on a young defender in France, he's going he's gonna to come in and improve that defence. Uh, but look, if they want to send him out on loan, I think we would happily take him um, if, he, if he is that highly rated. Um, it's just, who does he come in for, uh, Mike? Um, who, who would you fit him in? This is it. I'm I'm struggling enough to fit William Truster's Kongu, because um, albeit we yeah we conceded last week, uh, but we've only conceded one league goal all season, and I wouldn't really unsettle that. So it's a good question. Look, it, he's got to be half decent if he's 27 million pounds. Would he tear it up in the Championship? You know, he's having some glowing reports, so I'd suggest that he would, but. Again, as you say, I really don't know who I'd bring him in for. I really do not. But it'd be interesting to see, keep an eye on. You know, it might not even come to us. He might go to Brentford. But one to keep an eye on, I think. 
So, on to a new part of the show. We, we've not done this before because I think this is the first time we've actually recorded in the international break, but we're just going to do a quick roundup of the international um, sort of games that involved our players, really. Um, we'll start with the most important and probably most valuable player on the uh, on our books at the moment is Ishmael Issar who scored a penalty in a 3-1 defeat to Morocco. Now, yeah, it probably wasn't great for his confidence that they lost 3-1. But at the end of the day, a goal's a goal, Ben. And I know he come from the penalty spot, but that's going to do his confidence a world of good, you would have thought. Yeah, it doesn't matter how we go in, do we? Um, yeah, that, that's going to be a massive boost of confidence for him to score for his um, national team. I, I think I had a quick look at his, his actual, his, that's his third um, goal for Senegal now. Um, so I think normally it would be Mane that would um, step up and take penalties, but obviously um, he's not able to play because he's got to self-isolate because um, he tested positive for COVID-19. So yeah. he's he stepped up into his plate and yeah, he, he, um, he scored, which will be, yeah, it will do him... Um, a world of good. Um, I'm not saying his confidence has been lacking or anything, but there's been a lot of talk going on off the pitch and it, yeah. it might have affected him slightly. So, yeah, a goal for his national team, he'll be coming back and he'll be ready to go. Yeah, let's hope so. He'll be chomping at the bit, hopefully, and uh, he can put another goal away against Derby on Friday, as far as I'm concerned. Um, another player who's going to be, you know, confidence is going to be sky high is Craig Cathcart. So, he was a... Um, he played the full 90 against Bosnia in the Euro 2021 qualifying playoff. Uh, and they won on penalties and went through. Um, so they're now through to the playoff final for the Euro 2021 qualifier, although I'm not sure who that's against. But um, a little bit of an interesting fact. They've beat them on penalties in the Euro qualifiers. They're actually in the same group in the Nations League and Bosnia are top winning all games and Northern Ireland's are bottom losing all games. So they can't beat them in the National oh, wow. League, but they can in, a, can in the Euros. So yeah, a little bit of a statistic for you. So uh, another man who has been, you know, the fans are growing and they're really starting to love him with more and more games that he plays is Ken Semmer. Played 76 minutes in a win over Russia and it was 2-1. Uh, and it's good to see him you know, back playing after a, a possible injury sort of, well, muscle strain um, that sort of kept him out the starting lineup against Reading Ben. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's good to see that he's actually uh, featured for uh, Sweden and actually played a, a long amount um, because obviously he missed the Watford starting lineup against Reading uh, with a muscle strain. Um, him and Cleverly missed it and was on the bench. Um, so, yeah, it, it's good to see that. that He's not had any setbacks on that, and he should be raring to go against Reading. But yeah, you're right. Fans are starting to love him even more every time we see him put on that Watford shirt and he's putting in performances. He, he seems like he's 100% committed, and he, he fights for every ball, and that's what you want to see. And yeah, absolutely love King Ken Simmer. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, and to be honest, I'm glad he didn't play the full game, and maybe they're a bit wary of it as well because of obviously his recent muscle strain, and maybe Watford told him not to play in the full game. But, yeah, good for him to get a solid amount of minutes in the belt. Um, another player who we're actually yet to see in a Watford shirt um, is Troost Akong. Now, he actually captained Nigeria in their 1-0 defeat against Algeria. Uh, he did, unfortunately, pick up a yellow card, but he played the full match. So, again, it's good that he's getting minutes because it all goes towards match sharpness and match fitness. So, it's going to be interesting to see 
Um, if he's used on Friday, if he's starting on the bench, if he's starting in the starting eleven, but uh, uh, another good solid ninety minutes. Disappointing to pick up a yellow card. He wasn't the only one, which we'll uh, speak about in a minute to pick up a yellow card. But yeah, that was good. It's, it's good to see that we've signed someone with leadership skills as well. For him to captain yeah. his national uh, team, it's absolutely brilliant, and that's what we needed at the back as well. Um, we've lacked it for a long time now. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who was like the last like pinnacle leader in the back four. It's been a very long time, hasn't it? Like Jay Demerit um, comes to mind. Um, yeah, Jay Demerit. Um, but apart from that, um, could you, possibly you think of anyone Pro- at the top? Prudle, uh, Prudle, Prudle in the mix, possibly. I know he wasn't captain, um, but he had those possibly. leadership skills. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other he's than Captain, you're probably looking further back than Jay Demerit, I'd say. Yeah, you, you go back to the days of like Neil Cox and um, Robert Page. Robbo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Robbo. yeah no, very, yeah, very good it, point. It's good that we're, we've actually um, seen the issue and we've brought him in. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for to see him in a Watford shirt. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think we've got a real player on our hands here. Uh, another player that we've got on our hands, which me and Ben have both sort of echoed our thoughts on, we should, we think he should still be at the club challenging for number one, is Pontus Dolberg. The guy loves a clean sheet. So he was playing in a Euro under-21 qualifier and they beat Luxembourg 4-0. Now, granted, Luxembourg's probably not the most luxurious of lineups. <laughs> and they don't have the most luxurious of players. But you can only do, you, you, well, the old cliche is you can only beat what's put in front of you. And he got a clean sheet against Luxembourg, and it just adds to the clean sheets he's got this season for club and for country. Now, I think we've actually got a real gem in our hands. And he's got to be looking at coming in next season being number one, in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, there'll be question marks over Foster at the end of the season. Not for his ability, but his, his age a little bit. Um, yeah. Whether he wants to carry on playing up past the end of this season. I know we've got um, Backman at the club, but like you, you've, you've just touched upon, um, we re-rate Dahlberg very highly and I, I think he's better than uh, Backman. Yep. And also, we've also said about how valuable it is for players to go out on loan and like we've obviously seen Sinclair. Sinclair hasn't really progressed. He's, he's declined, if anything. But yep. Dahlberg, this is what loan spells are for. Dolberg's gone out, but he's taken his opportunity and he's improving each week. And it won't be long until he's probably in that Swedish team again because he has got a full in, a Swedish cap as well. Yes, uh, they very much highly rate him over there. They, they've they sort of tipped him to be the new Isaacson, the yeah. Swedish goalkeeper that was at Man City a few years ago. He was a legend for Sweden, he was. wasn't he? So for them to tip him to be the next you know, Isaacson, it shows that they're putting real faith in him. And let's hope that we do the same. Uh, and the same can be said for uh, Aguakia abroad as well. Let's hope his development can sort of go the same path. Um, yeah. And then lastly, the last player to make an international uh, cap this week was... Sierra Elsa. Now, he's not looked the best. He's he's looked okay, but nothing to write home about. He played the full 90 in a 2-1 defeat to Uruguay. Um, and he also got booked as well. But you've actually seen online, Ben, that it, it sounds like he had a decent game for um, Chile. Yeah, he, he was one of the standout performers. I've seen that he was outstanding. Um, and which We've seen him play uh, for Watford this season in the League Cup and 
I don't think he's been very impressive against um, Oxford United or Newport County. He's, he kind of stood off a defender for one of the goals, which weren't great. Um, but yeah, he, he was up against Luis Suarez for Uruguay and apparently he was outstanding um, and managed to keep a good eye on him for the whole game. Well, you'd have to keep an eye on Suarez. He's got a tendency to bite people, ain't he? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah, but... He, he did a good job and if he can bring that kind of form back, um, I don't think he's going to get into the starting lineup. but when called upon, if he can bring that kind of form, I think that would be brilliant for Watford. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, Ben, I don't think he's going to be starting anytime soon. But, you know, come January when the FA Cup comes around, if he gets a run of games or if there's a load of injuries and he gets a game and he can sort of replicate those performances and, you know, never say never in football. But, um, yeah, no, that's all of the international players that uh, plays for Watford. Uh, To be honest, not many on that list, but as far as I'm aware... I'm more than happy for them not to be. Like, don't get me wrong. It's great to see that your team can produce players that can play for the national team. But in a pure selfish way, the more people we have at London Coney training for the next game, the better in my eyes. Yeah, 100%. It gives Ivich more of a... He gets to know his players more. The players get a bit more recovery time. They yeah. un- they get to understand his uh, philosophy. We, we can all organise the shape still, um, sort out set pieces. You know, it's, it's yes, we all want international players, but I think this is a season, especially in transition. Now, we we kind of don't want too many international players because they're going to be going off in that. But um, the players that we have got out on international duties, I imagine they're being looked after by the national team, and they'll come back and hopefully it'll be fighting fit to um, come back in and play against Derby on Friday night. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, unfortunately, a mid uh, a player who won't be available to play against Derby on Friday night, which we're absolutely gutted about, and it also goes to highlight that I don't have the foggiest when it comes to getting, because we knew that he was injured. <laughs> you had a mare with this one. I you? had the biggest mare possible. We we knew that Tom Dillibashiru got injured. We didn't know the extent of it when, on the last podcast, and I said. I personally think he will be okay. Poor lad has then been ruled out for six weeks, uh, six six weeks, I wish it was six weeks, six months, and also requires surgery. He's done his ACL like Gerard Delafeu did. How gutting is that for the for Tom? Like he's just come well, in and he's sort of making a name for himself. He's put in two bloody brilliant performances and then this goes and happens. Yeah, well, firstly, I don't want you to do my lottery numbers if you can predict injuries <laughs> like that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely gutting for him. I don't, don't, don't want to go too much into it because we spoke at length last week about um, Delhi Bessery. But um, yeah, just had his opportunity and then that poor um, in, injuries, which is setting back for six months. But hopefully he recovers really quickly and we can get to see him again because he was starting to flourish and I think we could it's, it's, it's definitely one for the future but it was, it was just starting to get into that side wasn't he and yeah. he's had this setback but it, it, he seems like a quite a strong um, mentality guy I think he'll be alright he'll come back stronger I don't think it'll affect him too much so it'll be positive and he'll come back when he's um, ready yeah yeah no I, I, I echo what you've just said I think he will come back and he's got that stronger mentality you can see already hopefully he comes back and he's, he's twi- twice as better um, somebody who is coming back well two players really but firstly we'll touch upon um, Will Hughes the Albino Iniesta as I like to call him <laughs> he's, how big a boost is Will Hughes coming back for, to the squad 
Oh, it's a massive boost. He's got the championship experience, but it's it's not just about that. He, he's a quality player. He's like a Premier League uh, standard player, and to yeah. have him on board for next season, which I think Adam Leventhal was touched upon uh, for the Athletic, um, which he released today on Saturday. He, he says that uh, Will Hughes is committed. Uh, he is committed to Watford for the whole season, which you'd kind of hope for anyway, because he's under contract. But sometimes you get agents in the ears saying, oh, you're, you're better than this, you need to move yeah. on. But it, he's he's fully committed for Watford for this season. And that's all I want at the moment. And to have him back, it's, like you say, it's like a brand new signing. Um, yeah. It's really happy to have him back. And like we, we popped a picture of him out training on our socials and it got lots of likes in that, and yeah. you could tell that everyone's happy uh, for Husey to return. It's yeah, it, it's it's an added boost um, to our promotion campaign, isn't it? Um, it's only going to help. It really is, and you you talk about players, you know, their agents maybe saying you can get a move away, or their Premier League quality in the Championship. Another player who's going to be coming back to the squad after putting in a transfer request originally, Etienne Capou. So I would imagine at the start of this season, the club would have said, if we've got either one of Will Hughes or Etienne Capou, then we're laughing. But we're in a place at the moment where actually we've got both of them. And Capu, like you mentioned with Will Hughes, it's going to be as if he's coming in as a new signing. Like, yes, it might take him a couple of weeks to get up to speed with the way that Ivich wants to play, match sharpness, match fitness. But once Kapu is in that team, my God, his experience is going to be so, so valuable. And I'm really excited to see him play in the championship, Ben. Yeah, I can't express how much it means to us that we've actually managed to keep hold of him. He's, yeah. he's been unbelievable for us. He's probably been our best player of the last two seasons, maybe. Um, he's been very consistent. Um, one of one of the best signings of positives we've ever done. Um, yeah. I, I think he come, like When I like to describe Kapu, I want to think he's a bit of a Rolls-Royce. He's just, he's just amazing, isn't he? He's very yeah. smooth like a Rolls-Royce as well. And um, it, it's a massive coup to keep hold of him. I know, I know he's a bit older. What is he, about 31 now? But he's still got the ability to carry on playing in the top flight for absolute, for another two, three years. And if he can do that in the Championship, he's going to be one of the, the best midfielders in that division. I think he will. I think he will be the best. I really hope this doesn't come back to bite me. But I think he will be the best uh, midfielder in the Championship. Just, just look at the, the, the depth we've got in that midfield area now. I think we we've got maybe, one of the best in the division. Yeah, 100%. I think maybe we lick a bit in creativity going forward because um, obviously really, he hasn't came to light yet, has he? He's, he struggled yeah. the first two games and then he's not got back into the side. But you look at that, the sitting in midfield, you've, you've got the Chalabar, you've got the Kapu, you've got, um, you've got Cleverly who can go in there, you've got Shusey, yeah. you've got Deli Beshu um, when he comes back and he'll be fit. We've got James Garner who we've got on line for Manchester United. It's yeah. such a strong midfield now. It really, really is. And when everybody's fit... Like, that's just going to be, like, amazing. I, do you know what? I don't envy Ivic, Ivic here because he's got one hell of a job on his hands oh, to pick the best just. midfield. 
Yeah, he's, he's got a massive headache. I do not want to be in his position. No, definitely I, I, I did, not. I didn't want to be in his position a few months. Well, when he first joined, and he yeah, he saw how many players wanted to leave and that uh, yeah, the injury true. list. But but now now he's got players fit and he's got some of his own players in. I, I still don't want to be in because it's such a tough job to pick who's going to be playing week in week out because you've got to make hard decisions and some decisions are going to upset players. Uh, but yeah. you've got to do the best with the club, and I really trust Ivic in that. Oh yeah, 100%. I think Ivic is a man to take us forward uh, and this midfield, the strength and the sort of depth in midfield is only going to help. Uh, another man who we'll talk about now, uh, we've opened talks with Tom Cleverly over a new deal. Now he's 31 and he's got two years left, so it's second to 33. Um, do you see this more as a maybe altering his wages possibly as opposed to a contract extension as such Ben or do you think it will be a contract extension? I imagine it's going to be along the lines of um, reducing his um, wages but yeah. also in um, putting in some incentives so if it's like promotion he, he gets a bit of a pay rise yeah. and also I don't imagine they're going to extend the, the length of the contract but they might put in the possibility of an extension um, for one year, um, which is at the club's discretion. Um, so yeah, it's one one to watch. He he deserves. Cleverly's uh, in and out of the side, isn't he? He has lots of niggly injuries. You, you're definitely not going to give him a five year deal. Um, <laughs> but if 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 you can agree a new two year deal and with an option of possible a further year, I think I think that's a good deal for Watford. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Can't imagine they'd offer thirty-one-year-old Tom Cleverly a five-year <laughs> deal. Um, one man they can offer a five-year deal to, and I'd very much love it to be the case. Uh, we're also known to be uh, keen on extending Ben Wilmot's contract. He's got two years left. Ben, as far as I'm aware, you say how much do you want? Here's a five-year deal. Yeah, I can, ima- I can imagine he's probably on lowish wages as well. Yeah. So he'll be he'll be um, keen to get a, a new deal through the door, so he can have uh, a bit of a hike in wages. Um, but yeah, you got time down to five years with his potential as well. Uh, like he's he's only has he only got a couple of years left of his contract as well. So if teams are sniffing around him, you're not going to get as high of a transfer fee. So you need to hire the people with like high potential for mm-hmm. possibly five years, don't you? Just to yeah. try and maximise that um, return. But yeah, he he'd fairly deserve it as well. He's gone out, he's grafted, he's, he's gone to Swansea, he's improved as a player. He's he's only going to improve this this year if he carries on playing week in week out. And if I was Ben Wilmot, I'll have one eye on that. England's under-21 squad because yep. he is capable of getting into that and it is, it's not any worse than the players that are in it already. No, I, I agree. I think he's, he's got to have something to work towards uh, and also Ben as well. Um, I think future captain for Watford. If Will Hughes was to stick around as well, he'd obviously be in the mix. It all depends on next season though. But definitely Hughesy and Wilmot, future Watford captains in my eyes. We talked about earlier, uh, not long ago, you can't remember the last time we had a actual leader or a captain as such at the back. Well, you know, look no further than Will Hughes. I know Will Hughes isn't a defender, but Will Hughes and sort of Wilmot, you know, Wilmot, I think, is going to be the next one. So it's going to be interesting to uh, to see what happens there. And hopefully the club don't just talk about it. They actually get on and actually offer him a five-year deal. That would be very, very nice. Um, just a couple of 
quick things to round up the show on. We appreciate it's a little bit longer than usual, uh, but we've had a lot to cram in. Um, there's a At Your Place event happening again for Watford fans, which they've, you know, nothing but success has been brought from them. Uh, and I really like the, the idea of them surrounding it. I believe it's Scott Duxbury and Ivich that will be present. They usually have a player as well, but I'm not sure. They've not said anything as of yet. That's going to be on Monday, the 19th of October at 7pm, taking place on the Watford FC YouTube page. So uh, Watford have actually asked fans to get your questions across. Now, I would imagine they will answer any question as long as it's reasonable. Um, and I, I say that, any question, because Ben, how many times have we heard, you know, we both know people that have been and we've seen the outcome of them. And how open talking are they? Like, it's just brilliant how open and honest they are with us. Yeah, this this is what we need as well. We've said about it before, communication is key uh, with Watford. Last season, we had no communication at all. Um, and you could kind of tell on and off the pitch that things weren't going great. This year, it's totally different. It's spun around completely. And we've had a lot of communication from Scott Duxbury, possibly Gino as well. Um, so, yeah, it's brilliant. And these these um, uh, at your places um, are brilliant, especially for us who are such a family club as well. Yeah, we need to be in touch with our fans, and it's absolutely brilliant to see that uh, they're using the YouTube channel and doing it for all fans to see. Because I've wanted to go to one of these before, but it's actually quite difficult to get a ticket sometimes to go yeah. to these. So I wouldn't have been surprised if they limited it for like two hundred people, like they would do. Um, normally um, pre-COVID but it's good to see that we've opened it up and all fans can go on there and watch um, what's going on yeah yeah very very much if you haven't if you've not planned already to guys very very much recommend you go and check that out on Monday Um, another thing that the club have put out just we're literally just going to quickly touch on this because I thought it'd be fun to do this Um, they've asked for the programme for the next home game if you was to have a three you've got a dinner party you can invite three Watford associated people past or present who would you invite now Ben have you got a three three players off the top of your heads that you'd invite? Yeah, I, I thought about this for a while. Um, I'm, I don't want it to be a plain dinner. I want it to have a bit of a bit of a bump to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm thinking Tommy Oban because he'll turn it into a party. Yep. If I'm turning it into a party, the two people I'll probably bring with me is sorry this isn't very pg um <laughs> isaac success <laughs> and uh i'll probably bring panoranda uh, panoranda as well after yeah, i bet summer, you bloody um, would yeah <laughs> after his summer um issues <laughs> yeah well uh, make sure you uh that would be a solid party wouldn't it that would be a solid party i think it's just for dinner though ben let's not get carried away here it's, it's um, a dinner party anything can happen uh, in a dinner party well as long as you eat before make sure that isaac's got his uh baileys you'll be all right um i would probably do you know what i'm going to be boring i'm going to bring it back down to that pg-ness i'm going to say oh. alex chamberlain graham taylor and he's got to be troy Deeney. i mean it it wouldn't be a far drive for Troy to, uh, to to make it to mine. But, uh, yeah, I think the stories between those three would be absolutely amazing. Um, but, yeah, I just thought we'd, we'd ask – I'd ask you who your three would be. And, guys, if you do – if you if that's something you're interested in putting your opinion across, 
head over to the Watford website and your answer could be in the next programme for the home game against Blackburn. But we will finish the show on this note. We have got a game before that game away at Pride Park. Now, our record at Pride Park's not the best, but we thought we'd speak to a Derby podcast. As always, we love speaking to the opposition fans here on Voices of the Vic. This time round, it was Richard from Steve Bloomer's Washing podcast. And we spoke to him, everything to do with Derby's last result against Norwich, who the men's look out for for Derby's point of view is, and their general aims for the season. And me and Ben caught up with Richard earlier, and this is what was said. <laughs> Yes, we're joined here by Richard Kutchup from the Steve Bloomer's Washing podcast, the Derby County podcast, all about Derby County. Um, now, first thing, we don't usually ask this, Richard, but what's the motivation behind it? Because obviously Steve Bloomer, as many fans might know, is the leading all-time top goalscorer for Derby County. Um, and the pre-match song before the game is Steve Bloomer's Watching. Is it a, is it a little bit of play on words from, uh, from you guys there? Yeah, absolutely. It is uh, uh, the person that set up the podcast and our producer, Chris Parsons. Uh, supposedly, he grew up thinking that it was actually, was the words were Steve Bloomer's washing, and I think sang that for a number of years uh, on the terraces. Um, and I think other fans have said similarly that they've often mixed up the words when they kind of first discovered it. So it's kind of a reference back to that. Um, and a little bit of fun play of words, but and we always find it funny when it pops up on you know Sky Sports or Quest or something when we've when we've been featured in some way or shape or form. And uh, yeah, it's stuck for stuck for the last three years or so. Brilliant. I thought it might be something similar, so uh, that that is very very good. I do like that. Uh, let's start. Let's get stuck into it with the game off the back of the game that you've just played before the uh, dreaded international break. A 1-0 win away at Carrow Road against Norwich sides, who, similar to us, have also come down from the Premier League. Was it a well-fought 1-0 victory or was it a scrappy 1-0 victory? How how was it from the Derby County camp coming out of that game, 1-0 winners? Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a huge relief, not just to get the win, but to get a clean sheet. Um, the week before, we'd been absolutely pumped 4-0 by Blackburn after going 3-0 down in the first 14 minutes and, and those three goals coming in the space of three and a half minutes. So we needed a big change. He made, Cocky made four or five changes to the team. We went to 4-5-1. We packed the midfield with energy uh, and desire, which had been lacking and had been questioned by both the manager and the fans after we had got pumped by Blackburn. So it was a real return to basics and a real move away from Philip Koku's philosophy, which is much more about building from the back, um, playing you know, so-called the right way, um, and that hadn't been working for us. It worked for us in stages last season, particularly in the second half of the season, but this season we've been playing very poorly out from the back. We've been suffering from teams pressing us very effectively. Um, and we went back to basics and we just fought it out, to be honest. We, we can... The first 20 minutes were pretty hairy. Um, we looked like we were going to concede, but after that, we got back into the game. We started to win the midfield battle and having left Rooney on the pitch right up until the end, which I think most of us were questioning considering his fitness at the moment, uh, he was there to pop the ball into the top corner from a free kick, which probably only him on the pitch could have done that in that situation. So it was a bit of a smash and grab, but it was a very much a welcome return to, return to basics and, and showing some determination, which had been lacking. 
what a fantastic goal that was. That was breathtaking. Mm. Uh, you you just knew when Wayne Rooney stepped over the ball, it was only going in one place, really. Um, he, he still kept that technique to this day, and it's just incredible when he's got a set piece in front of the goal. Um, so we've, we've seen that he's, he played up front against Norwich. Is that somewhere you're looking to carry on playing him, or is it just a stopgap for the time being? Yeah, I think it was definitely a, a stopgap for Norwich. It went relatively well in the first half and the start of the second half. He was holding the ball up and bringing other players in. What he can't do and got showed up quite a few times is once he's brought a winger into play after holding it up, you know, and the winger shoots forward, Rooney can't get, can't keep up to get into the box. And often we were putting balls into the box and there was, there was no one on the end of them. So I don't think it's a long-term solution. We are looking still for a striker to basically to replace Chris Martin, who, who we let go to Bristol City and he's had a real impact to Bristol City as a target man. He's so good at bringing players and other players into play and uh, we haven't really got that waghorn injured as well at the moment So, and I don't think he'll be back for Friday. Um, so Rooney's a bit of a stopgap. We have been linked to Charlie Austin. We were linked to some strikers from abroad but didn't pull those deals off before the deadline. Um, so I think Rooney might stick up there for a couple more weeks while we wait for waghorn or reinforcements but I, I don't think it's a long-term solution. I just, he's just not mobile enough uh, to do the job. So we'll, we'll see how, how we evolve. What, what's going to be really interesting is, does Koku kind of stick with this more back-to-basics approach? Or do we go try and go back to a more expansive style of play? That will be interesting to see on Friday. It will be. It'll be very interesting, not only because of that, but also because a famous game that sort of ruined Rooney's career, he sort of alluded to it in interviews before, he sort of knew his Man U career was over uh, when we uh, we beat Man U 3-1 at Vicarage Road and Rooney was playing that day. <laughs> so uh, if he wants to stay up front for the game on Friday, I'm more than happy for that to be the case. But um, you mentioned there that you're, you're in the market for a striker and you mentioned, you know, Charlie Austin, that would be a brilliant signing, personally think. Um, you've brought seven players in, if my research is, is correct. I believe Nathan Byrne from Wigan, uh, David Marshall from Wigan, Matt Clark you've brought in on loan from Brighton. Um, you've brought a young goalkeeper in from Canvey Island uh, called Emmanuel Oidem. Uh, my pronunciation is going to sort of show me up here for the, the, the next two. But Mike T. Weirk from FC Groningen, uh, Jordan Ibe as well, and then Camille Joswiak from Lech Poznan. So you've brought in seven players there. I know you've touched on the fact that you need another striker, but just from those seven I've reeled off, are you satisfied with that transfer business that you've done so far? or? Yeah, I think most most of our kind of assessment of the transfer window is it actually has been, for the first time in a few years, a quite a thought-out window. They've targeted where we need to have improvements, and that's probably a result of having a manager in charge for, for a whole pre-season and, and the full season prior. So we've actually put a bit of planning in. We have changed the philosophy. Obviously, Derby have been big spenders in the league for four or five years now, and that hasn't worked in this well, in the sense we haven't got promoted and the squad got bloated and the last 18 months has really seen us try and reduce the wage bill, get kind of big earners who weren't playing away from the club. And we've brought in, it's interesting because seven players plus potentially one more, it does sound like a lot and it is a lot. But when you think that Byrne and Marshall are two very, very experienced championship players who have slotted straight in, Byrne's been fantastic at right back. Um, Jaden Bogle, who we sold to Sheffield United, was great for us and was good going forward. But Byrne just brings a bit more experience and solidity to that side. And David Marshall was a goalkeeper we were crying out for all last season. So those two are, are quite simple uh, signings. 
Ive obviously isn't playing yet because he's still working his way back to match fitness. We could perhaps see him on, see him on the bench on Friday, but I certainly wouldn't expect him to start. Juzvek is uh, the left uh, left or right winger we've signed from Lech Poznan, as you said, and he's looked very lively straight away. He seems to have fit in. And then Matt Clark, we've got on loan again. We had him on loan all of last season, so he doesn't feel like a new signing. He feels like kind of part of the furniture. So in terms of the kind of squad churn, we've probably, it probably, probably done quite a good job in setting players in, which sounds odd considering we've had uh, you know, lost the first three games of the season, but I don't feel like I can put it down to the squad not being familiar with each other or, or too many changes. I just think they're working for a few other issues and, and we have had a lot of injuries, the likes of Waghorn and Tom Lawrence, particularly not available at all yet uh, at the top end of the pitch would, would probably make a difference to this team. Last season, we see you finished tenth in the championship, six points off the playoffs places. Um, what's the aim for Derby this season? Is it to try and get into that playoff position and try and push for promotion? Yeah, it certainly should be, um, and I think that's certainly the way that Philip Cocker was talking. Is they Derby should be challenging for the top six and should be getting into the playoffs. It's a funny one because the squad has just had had quite a bit of churn, particularly if you think about the season prior to last when we had Frank Lampard and. Our three best players were Mason Mount, Harry Wilson and Takeo Tomori, who were all on loan and obviously all went away again. So last season was, was a bit of a patch-up job. And this season, we hope, kind of feel like you're coming out a little bit of that with some experienced players brought in. I think when the players get fit, talent is there in the squad. Obviously, Christian Felix is a was a big signing for us last season and he's been out for nine months with a knee, a knee injury and he should be back probably in the coming coming weeks. He'll make a difference in the midfield or centre-back area. The squad is strong enough to get top six, um, but we need to find the right way to play. And, and that's, I think, what Philip Cocker is grappling with at the moment. Yeah, it'd be very, very interesting to see who is actually there come the end of the season because mm. the, the season so far, we've seen in the Premier League some unpredictable scores. And I think that's massively down to the fact that there's no fans in. Uh, we yet to see quite the same in the Championship, but the Championship's a long old season. So there could be some interesting results on the way, but uh, it's one to keep an eye on. Um, we, we've, obviously, we've just talked about who you've brought in there. It could be a player that you've just brought in, but who would you say that your danger man this season is? Oh, yeah, tough one. Um, well, if he's standing over a set piece, it's got to be Wayne Rooney. But <laughs> yeah. and over outside of that, um, I think this this Polish lad, Kamil Juzvek, is looks really lively, and he hasn't um, he made an impact uh, away at Luton. On his debut, obviously we lost that game, but he did make a real impact in that match. He's starting to play more from the left-hand side, which is where he's more comfortable for. He's the one that intrigues me most because he's a bit of the unknown. I think when Tom Lawrence comes back from his injury, he had a very good second half of the season. His shooting from range is absolutely incredible. Maybe shoots a bit too much, but those are the two players. And the, the big kind of joker in the pack, if you will, will be Jordan Ive. Um, Jordan Ive had a fantastic loan spell at Derby four years ago. And it's still only 24 years old. Now, if Philip Coffey can get the best out of Jordan Ive again, he should absolutely rip up this division. So it's, it's the wide areas, which we have been severely lacking in for the last year, which excites me. But they're all kind of, one's a brand new player, one's a player that hasn't been playing for over a year or so in Jordan Ive, but has the potential. And the other one is Tom Lawrence, uh, who is currently injured. So that's what excites me. I think when we get the attacking players back on the pitch and, and familiar with each other, that, that should be quite exciting. So I haven't picked out one for you. I've picked out lots of potential, but no one's quite the finished finish product or fit at the moment. 
you couldn't pick out one uh, Derby player as a uh, key man for you this season, but could you look in that Watford uh, squad list? Is there someone you fear Friday night? Well, the thing what's interesting about Watford um, is, is you've kind of, so far this season, and we're obviously only four games in, attacked attack the division with, uh, with a, a solid defence, which goes a long way in this league. And I think actually it's really lacking this season. Uh, there's lots of teams that want to play very, very pretty attacking football. Um, I'm not saying you don't do that, but just from looking at your list, you're not scoring lots of goals, but you're, you're not conceding many either. Um, and that would, that itself would probably concern me because we have been quite toothless going forward this season. I would, if, if you're going to play a disciplined game, we'll probably struggle to break you down. But you've got some experienced campaigners in there. Obviously, you've had to sell a lot of players as well. Um, so that kind of changes things up a bit. I mean, Glenn Murray is is obviously proven at this level and he feels like a striker that if you can build a team around, he'll probably guarantee you 15 to 25 goals. And if you're keeping clean sheets, uh, that, that will, uh, that will do you, that will do you a good job. So I feel like he, he also is the kind of player we don't defend crosses well. Um, so that could be a, a nightmare waiting to happen. Um, so if you get the balls into the box, I, I'd expect, I'd expect you to create some chances. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Obviously, you've not started the season off the, the best, and there's players that are still transitioning. Uh, and likewise for us, you know, obviously we've only conceded the one goal that George Puskas goal uh, against Reading in the defeat. Uh, but mm. as you say, we we've not quite found that click up front yet, so we're not scoring many goals. So it could be quite tight. But this is a part of the show where we do unfortunately have to throw you under the bus a little bit and sort of push you to a score prediction. Now, before you do that, it is very. I think it's probably apt to point out that in 15 years we've only won twice at Pride Park. Uh, and it was 2-1 on both occasions. So, with that in mind, or is that not going into the thought process here? Is it just based on what you've seen so far? What What would your score prediction be for a Friday night under the lights at Pride Park? Well, it's funny, those kind of uh, statistics and kind of historical results um, between clubs, because you never think about them until someone reminds you about them, do you? It wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have factored at all in my, in my prediction if you hadn't just told me that. Um, I don't think it really does have, have any bearing. Um, Watford obviously a lot more set up to go and get a result than Derby. I think Derby are very inconsistent at the moment. I've got no idea what they've been doing with their two weeks off. Hopefully they've been uh, working on something, uh, particularly kind of attacking movement going forward. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I could see it being, I could see it being one-one to be honest, yeah. uh, or nil-nil. I'm going to go one-one to at least give us a couple of goals to to entertain us. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say Derby going to get a win because I just. I've got no idea what kind of derby going to turn up. <laughs> I'm going to throw you under a bus even more with this uh, the final question. I'm going, we we tend to ask everyone who comes onto a podcast. Um, they're free to go up and free to go down for this season. So I'm just going to ask you the same question: Who, who do you reckon the three are going to go up and the free to go down this season? God, free to go up this season. Um, I would have said I, I'm still going to say Brentford. I think Brentford will finally do it. I know that they haven't. They haven't started the season as well as they showed themselves last season. But I think Brentford, Brentford are still a good bet to, to be up there and in the mix. Um, I think it might be Bristol City's season. And then from the promoter teams, you think at least one of the promoter teams going up. I feel like I feel like it could be Watford, as I said. I mean, with the defence, you know, if you're going to keep clean sheets, you're going to give yourself a chance. And there is plenty of attacking talent in that team. So I'll go Watford 
Bristol City and Brentford, two new teams in the Premier League and, and Watford doing their yo-yo thing. Very good. Free to go down? Free to go down. Well, Wickham Wonders look like they're already down. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think Barnsley losing Struva is bad. Uh, I think that's a, a real blow for them. I think Barnsley could end up back down there again. And um, my one of my good friends in the United States will hate me for this, but I think uh, Luton Town as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, right. and of course, you'll like that as well, chaps. As well. <laughs> yeah. No, brilliant. I'd say said Watford to go up and Luton to go down. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. We'll pay you can that. Come again. Yeah, we'll pay that tenner after the episode. Thanks for uh, thanks for saying that. But no, um, absolute pleasure for. Uh, f- thank you very much for for coming on, Richard. Uh, hopefully, as you say, it, it is an interesting game and. Uh, you know, we, we see some goals because we've both teams haven't quite seen that so far in our respective seasons. But uh, thank you very much for coming on. And hopefully, um, if it is a win, it's not too much of a pacing because you've said Watford to go up and Luton to go up. So, and uh, Luton to go down. So, already you, you're quite high in my estimations and, and I'm sure you, you'll be sort of in a similar vein to our listeners as well. But thank you very much for coming on, Richard. Yeah, thanks a lot. Pleasure, chaps. Take care. And you. <laughs> So an interesting, interesting chat we had there, Ben, with uh, with Richard. He, very, very in depth, and um, it looked. It sounds like it's going to be quite a close game. Yeah, I think it's going to be very tight. Um, yeah, he definitely knows his stuff, and that's refreshing to have. Um, yeah. I'm not saying the other people we've had. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, Ben. Yeah, I really enjoy that one. Um, he definitely knows his stuff, and it's interesting to see that they've actually been playing Wayne Rooney up front now. Um, he hasn't yeah. really got the legs for that anymore, so if that continues Friday night, I think... I'm happy I for that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I might I might pop down to uh, Pride Park because it's not far from me. I might might uh, stick my boots on if Wayne Rooney's up top, and I'll play at the back for Watford if need be. Um, but yeah, that could be the last uh, opposition podcast after uh, some quite uh, harsh reality words there, Ben. But uh, no, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. But yeah, um, very very interesting. I think it is going to be quite a low scoring game. I, I think it, this is going to be another one where I actually think someone will nick it. Um, I, I think it's going to be a one nil. It's going to be a scrappy game, and someone will nick it, and uh, hopefully that somebody will be Watford. Um, but yeah, he's definitely uh, allowed to come back on as well because of his predictions to go up and to go down. So yeah, Richards, if you do listen back to this, you are very much welcome back on. We'll probably speak to you again when we play uh, Vicarage Road. But yeah, that we didn't want to go too much into depth about the Derby game because we've uh, we've kept you long enough, listener. Um, but one thing I do want to end the podcast on, um, it's quite a sobering sort of ending to the podcast. Uh, as we record this today on Saturday the 10th of October, it is World Mental Health Day. Now, me personally, um, you know, I... I I think it shouldn't be nailed down to one day. I think the conversation of mental health, whether it's for men or women or, or whoever, I think it needs to be talked about around the clock and focused on around the clock. Like 2020 has been the weirdest, hardest, toughest year that I've known in my lifetime. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree. So there'll be a lot of people out there that are struggling with it. You know, you, you, you can't, 
freely do stuff like we used to be able to. Um, you might not be able to see members of family for health reasons. You might not be able to see friends. Um, you, you might not be able to leave the house because of, you know, the bubbles and, and, and stuff like that. So if you're struggling, please, please, please make sure you reach out to somebody, whether it's a friend, whether it's family, whether it's a work colleague, you know, whoever, it can be anyone. You do not need to suffer alone. And just know as well that if you think you're being a burden on somebody, nobody will think that you do not suffer alone. Um, it's okay not to be okay. And I genuinely do mean that. Like, it shouldn't be nailed down to one day. I get that most of these sort of things have a national day, but it's for me, it's round the clock. It's 365 days a year, 24-7. So if you're listening to this and you're struggling yourself, no matter how much or how little, you know, please speak to somebody. Our DMs are always open. Our personal DMs are always open, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. You, if you need to chat, then, you know, myself and Ben, we're here, everybody else, you know, please, please, please make sure you speak to somebody and just know that you're not alone. But yeah, I just thought it'd be very um, appropriate to, to end the podcast on that, given what day it is today. Uh, but hopefully, uh, next time we speak to you, we will be speaking about a victory at Pride Park and three points for the audience. Fingers crossed that is the case. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in as always. Drop us a drop a like and a retweet on the post about the podcast as well. More awareness that we get, the better. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and come on your words. Podcast Network.